You're listening to the Future Tech Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies such as artificial intelligence, stem cells, 3D printing, gene editing, Bitcoin, blockchain, the microbiome, quantum computing, virtual reality, and exploring space are much closer than you might think. In fact, many early versions of these technologies are in play right now, and the companies that are using these technologies are the focus of this podcast. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a thorny medical problem. Remember, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you enjoyed the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and tell your friends about it. Thank you. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech Podcast. I have Chukan Das. He's the CEO of a company called Lead Sift, as like sifting and sorting, you know. So the website is leadsift.com. So Chukan, thanks for coming. Thanks for having me, Richard. Yeah, tell me what's the premise of Lead Sift? Yeah, so Lead Sift is a sales intelligence software company that helps other B2B technology companies identify which accounts to go after and sell based on signals of buying intent. Oh, okay. That's smart. Yeah, because uh, you have a whole bunch of leads just because they asked for a free report or they gave you your email doesn't mean necessarily they're going to be good candidates to call on. That's correct. Uh, conversely, if you do not have a lot of inbound leads, which is a case for a lot of clients, um, what they do is then they go after their total addressable market. And just because someone fits the buyer persona, doesn't necessarily mean they have a need for your software at that point. So we help in sort of both those cases. Okay, so what are some of the uh, signals that your software will look for? Like how does it know, you know, what, what data does it need to make a decision or help you know? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. Unfortunately, you know, in a, in a B2B setting, right, um, it's almost impossible to tell or, or with, with confidence that someone is certainly going to buy your product or your services. That's the, that's the reality. So with, with that being said, what, what we try to attempt is, is make, pick up a bunch of different signals that are out there and, and leverage that as, as proxies to make an educated guess or make a prediction about which company are going to buy your software um, or your solution. Now, to give some specific examples, um, a signal of you know, intent or buying intent could be if we see someone talking to or about your competitor or a complementary company of yours. Um, a signal of intent could be when someone is, you know, we see researching about uh, an industry topic that is of interest to what you guys do. Uh, or a signal of intent could be if we see someone all of a sudden hiring for a, a bunch of different people or roles um, that your software can help them with. That could be a signal of intent. Uh, a signal of intent could be if someone is attending a trade show and conference uh, in your, you know, within your industry. That could be a signal of intent or interest. Um, so there are all these different signals that are out there. Um, for example, a signal of intent could be if someone has hired a new, you know, business executive. They could be making a new purchase decision. That could be a signal of intent. So there are all these different trigger events that we look for um, to make this inference, this prediction that someone is 
a company is going to buy your software solution. Yeah, but how do you get the background data? How do you even know where to look and how yeah. to collect all this data? So we basically crawl the public web. And what I mean by that is your blogs, forums, social networks, job boards, event sites, YouTube comments, SEC filings, you name it. We basically, our, our system, they're basically crawling 24-7, looking for when someone is showing or exhibiting one of those signals. So you know, if you were, if you had a team of researchers, they would manually go through every blog, forum, LinkedIn, Twitter, blogs, and SEC findings, job boards to see these, these triggers. We basically automate that process. Hmm. So what, uh, I mean, how much data can you pick up? Is it, you know, depending on the industry the person's in, are they like amazed at how much uh, how much stuff you can pick up or some industries hard to get data for? That's a great question, actually. It is true. It is dependent industry to industry. I mean, we are specifically focused on B2B technology industry. Um, but let's say if someone is selling a B2B packaging software or B2B, um, what is it, chemical manufacturer uh, there might not, there will not be enough signal. So we do not serve those industries. We are focused very much on the B2B technology sector. So, you know, anyone in a software space, anyone services, management consulting, there, there is a ton of data and signals out there. How do you know, though, um, that a signal corresponds to what, what may be of interest to them? Like, how did you develop yeah. the initial algorithms or heuristics to determine what associates with what? Yeah, that's a great question. So there is some input that the customer gives us. Um, and, and specifically what the customer tells us is a few things. They tell us the industries they play in, the business categories they play in. So whether it's a recruiting software, you know, whether it's a marketing automation software, whether it's a legal tech software or secu IT security software, whatever it is, they define that. From there, um, we further map that business category to a list of their competitors or complementary companies in that ecosystem. Then we map it to a list of keywords or 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 topics within that 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 vertical. And then what we do is we also map it to industry events that are happening within that vertical. Um, so if once we get that, that's what we feed our algorithm to say, hey, these are the competitors, these are the keywords, these are the topics, and these are the industry events. Go ahead, search across the internet. And see when someone is, you know, talking to or about these these triggers. That's how we get the signals. Okay, and I would guess too. Do you, do you get feedback from customers? Oh, you were right about this, or you know, we got uh, three new contracts from uh, this particular match that you did in this particular. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we are definitely measured on the impact we have our insights or our signals have on their pipeline. So. You know, we a lot of the times we integrate with their CRM systems like Salesforce. So we can see, you know, we pushed these many signals, these many leads. These many of those leads were converted into a meeting. From a meeting, it became an opportunity. From an opportunity, it became, you know, a closed one or a closed lost. So we, we can get all of those insights. And and yeah, um, we we see a lot of that happening. So so that's that's how we get sort of measured. That's that's. That's how clients can figure out. It's pretty quick for them to figure out an ROI using our our software. So, you know, I don't want to give you give away proprietary stuff, but what can you say that is really, I don't know, strange associations or maybe obvious associations that are really 
great spots. Yeah. Um, there are, I mean, it, it depends, to be honest with you, industry to industry, client to client. Um, for example, one of our customers, they're in the IT security space. What they mentioned was anytime they see an, in, so they have a list of target accounts. So they sell into large fortune thousand companies, right? Um, and anytime they see any of these competitors uh, researching about a specific industry topic um, uh, that they are interested in tracking, they pick that up as a signal and they have seen tremendous success when they use that signal to follow up with them right away. Versus if they see exactly the same group of companies engaging with a competitor, they don't get that kind of response rate or, or you know engagement on their outreach. And the thing that they found out was, in this case, that a lot of the times when they're talking to a competitor, they might be too further along the buying journey versus when they're starting to research on a specific security-related topic, the chances of them uh, you know, having an engagement with this client of ours and having a meeting and, and, and moving it down the pipeline is a lot higher. So that's an interesting, I guess, correlation that we have seen, for example. Another one... Yeah, that is really interesting. Hmm. Uh, the, the, another one that we see ourselves um, is, you know, when we see people hiring for roles that uh, that our customers have. So, for example, if we see someone hiring for a sales development rep or a bunch of those roles, sales development representatives, uh, there's a very high likelihood of them doubling down on their outbound prospecting or outbound marketing efforts. And the chances of them needing a tool like ours goes up a lot higher. So use that as a pretty interesting signal. Hmm. What what about um, time to respond? How much of a correlation have you seen there? Yeah. If you're able to follow up on a lead within seconds or minutes. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, What we have noticed is there is a a decline after a week. So if a signal happens and you you do not act on it for a week, that there is a decay, but it doesn't need to be within minutes or seconds. Um, The other thing, Though what we noticed is, you know, there might be a signal from an account that is, you know, whether it's talking to a competitor or showing interest about a specific topic, but that's just, you know, at any given point in time, there is some value in tracking the same company engage with different topics over a month, because then you might see, hey, they engaged with two competitors, three industry topics, they were hiring for a specific role, and they also sent someone to attend a marketing conference. All of this might not happen in a day, but it it might start showing up within a month. Once you look at the data holistically from a month, you can then say, hey, there's enough proof within this company that there might be something happening. They might be going through this buying journey. So let's go after them. Um, So that's how we look at it. It it doesn't necessarily need to be, you know, that you pick up a lead, you need to follow up within them within seconds, uh, unlike an inbound lead that comes to your website. I don't know if that if, if if I explained that correctly or not. No, that's fine. You're saying there's a sweet spot, but you don't have to be crazy and jump on no, a person seconds no. after they request no, something. It's not. That's exactly it. And how all right, so um do you grade a lead based on yeah. I guess how many factors seem to line up how yes. juicy they are? How hot a yeah. lead they are. So we 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 have an an account level intent score that we use, which uses a whole bunch of different attributes to score an account. Um, it starts from what kind of engagement they're having, how frequently they're having, um, you know, how many people within that organization is having that engagement, 
who within that organization also has that engagement. So for example, if you're selling into marketing and an intern engages versus a VP of engagement, a VP of marketing engages, the, the scores change. It also includes factors like, you know, what is their baseline engagement versus, you know, within this last month. It also takes into consideration the size of the company. You know, IBM might have 10 engagements about a topic, given the fact that IBM has, I don't know, 100,000 employees, 10 people doesn't really mean that much. But if a company has 50 employees and three of them engage with a topic, that might get bumped higher. So we, we combine all of this into a machine learning model, which, which basically spits out uh, a probabilistic score between zero to 100 of where they are in the buying journey. So that's that's how we, we, we score these accounts. Hmm. Okay. Um, does the lead scoring really correlate with a likelihood of success to get the person or is it more of a loose? <laughs> it's a good question. I do not have enough uh, empirical evidence, to be honest with you, Richard, correlating the score of a lead and the success of, um, of, of them closing a deal. What we know is there is a correlation between the number of people within an organization that is showing different signals versus them uh, engaging with you when you reach out to them. That is definitely a correlation there. Okay. Uh, what, what other types of data do you think will be helpful to you? And are you able to get it or are you still trying to get it? Or is that like, you know, too internal to talk about? Uh, you mean different sources of data? Yeah. Are there any additional like dream sources of data Absolutely. you'd like to get? You know, that would I mean, help you? The way the way we look at it, Richard, is in a B2B setting, we only look at publicly available data, right? Like things that are out there. And we are basically trying to pick up these uh, digital footprints that a buyer might have left somewhere to make us help us make that prediction. And there are every, you know, one of our goals is to, to crawl the entire web, but it's not enough to crawl the entire web, but crawl the right kind of data from the web to extract that signal. Um, so... For example, um, an interesting source of data would be to figure out what kind of technology they're using, right? Uh, by looking at the JavaScript tag of the website, if you can extract that, and when did they start using it, or did they switch one out with another, uh, that might be an interesting signal. In, in sales intelligence, that's called technographic data. Um, so that might be an interesting signal to add. Um, another signal could be if we could merge the first party data, meaning if you could see someone showing an intense signal on, on, on our lead shift stream and match that with what people are seeing on their current website and see if there's a correlation and then change the score accordingly, that could be another interesting signal to add. So there are all these different sources and signals that, that we have in our roadmap to add and combine because the reality is there is no one single source of intense signal out there in a b2b setting like there is no one source that says hey this person is definitely going to buy from you until and unless they pick up the phone and call you and say hey i want to buy from you outside of that happening you are basically making a prediction and when making a prediction the more input parameters you have for your model the better it is uh, it needs to be the right kind of input but the more the better that that helps you build a better model so that's how we look at it Okay, that makes sense. Um, so you said, what industries does this work well for and which ones are tougher and maybe any insight into why? Yeah, so the industries that work best are B2B technology, B2B software as a service, SaaS industries. So any one of 
20,000 software SaaS businesses that works well, uh, where it doesn't work well, and by doesn't work well, meaning where we do not pick up enough signals on them, would be you know companies that are very, very niche. So sometimes we work with clients that can only sell to companies that are using you know two specific software because that's who they integrate with. Uh, in those cases, the number of signals goes down drastically. Um, so that those are the cases it wouldn't work. Or when cases, if your your solution B two B solution is is super niche, or um, you know you can only sell to a hundred companies. So for example, we have a client that is piloting us. Um, they can only sell to four hundred airlines, and out of those four hundred airlines, they can only sell to seventy currently. So it's a very, very, very niche market. They know every one of their customers. So in that case, um, a, an intelligence tool like ours doesn't provide that kind of additional incremental value. Hmm. Okay. So when someone uh, signed up for your service, what was that process like? They uh, You start looking for the data for them, and then what's the back and forth interaction yeah. that makes it work or not? So the, so the way we, we do it is basically when they sign up, we do a demo. In the demo, we try to show them data that is tailored to them. Most of the times we have, you know, com- their competitors, their competitors that we are tracking already historically. So we have some historical data. We show them the data. Uh, in the case that where we do not track that competitor or that, you know, or those keywords, what we do is we say, hey, you know, give us those competitors that you have, um, you know, the keywords that you have. We will go ahead and start crawling them. We'll crawl it for a week, collect some data, and then share the data with you saying, these are the accounts that showed interest. Does it make sense or not? So that's how we typically sell. So first we show them data that's relevant to them, tailored for them to get them a sense of both the quality of the data and also the quantity. Because sometimes, you know, we have we don't want to sell someone leads where there's only 10 signals a week. Um, so so we, mm-hmm. we want to prove out during the sales process that there is enough and there's enough quality data out there for them to justify this investment. And what, what level is that? I know it probably depends on the company, but how much data is needed for it to be worthwhile? And, I mean, that's also a question, right? Depending on how big your target market is, but they should at least have a hundred unique signals a week uh, per customer. Um, that's sort of the number. Our average is 200. That's what our average customers get on a weekly basis. Um, some of our customers get a thousand, some get 5,000. But the average is more like two hundred a week. Oh wow! So what's the uh, what's the next step? A company signs up with you, they start getting signals. How about advice on how to handle the signals yeah. the right way versus the wrong way? You know, do you jump on them or do you do you then just start sending information to that person trying to warm them up as a lead? What's the recommendation? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So we do we do a lot, quite a bit of hand holding when we onboard a customer. So we have you know, a customer success team that works with the customer. First, understanding their process, how they plan to action the data, what are their expectations from the data. Um, those are two very important things. And based on that, we then suggest, you know, what would be the best way to activate or action our data, whether it's email, um, phone calls, social selling ads, or a combination of both. Uh, and what kind of keywords should they be tracking? What kind of events they should be tracking? What kind of competitors or trigger events should they be tracking um, so there's a quite a bit of um, training and onboarding involved right out of the gate and then we have 
bi-weekly you know, strategy calls, check-in calls, just to make sure that they're getting the right kind of data, they're getting results from it, and they're actioning it the right way. What size enterprise uh, is suitable for you? So that's also a good question. So what we do is we do not go after large enterprises. Our sweet spot is companies between 50 to 500 employees. That's who we are going after. So not super early stage, a little bit further along where they have a defined ICP. They definitely have a product market fit. They have a sales process built in. Now they want to turbocharge that. Um, those are the customers we are working. With. Any uh, case study results on how much improvement some companies have gotten or like their oh, feedback? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, there's, there's plenty of them. I mean, starting from you know increasing clients pipeline 100% month over month to you know, getting opportunities created cheaper rate than Google AdWords um, to booking uh, five meetings every hundred people they reach out to from a cold outbound perspective. There's a bunch of different data points and case studies that we we have published across all different verticals and customers of ours. Okay. So what's the best way for folks to get in touch to, uh, you know, take the first step and do a test drive or yeah. The best way to do is is go to leadsift.com. Um, there is a, they can request a demo or they can request a free report where they fill in their competitors. We do an analysis and provide them data. Um, those are those are the best way. Just go to leadsift.com and, and contact us there. That's great. Well, Sukhan, thanks for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Richard. Happy to be here. You're listening to the Future Tech Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies such as artificial intelligence, stem cells, 3D printing, gene editing, Bitcoin, blockchain, the microbiome, quantum computing, virtual reality, and exploring space are much closer than you might think. In fact, many early versions of these technologies are in play right now, and the companies that are using these technologies are the focus of this podcast. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a thorny medical problem. Remember, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you enjoyed the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and tell your friends about it. Thank you. Thank you.